The car, as it became known, was here to stay, and Charlie Rolls was already one of its pioneer enthusiasts. Notable for his aristocratic pedigree, youth and enthusiasm, he decided to drive home for Christmas, 140 miles in winter with no garages or sat-navs available. In Rolls's own words, my next adventure was before Christmas 1896, a run to my hometown in Monmouthshire, which took me three days. At Sirencester they had to negotiate one of the steepest and most dangerous hills in England, Birdlip Hill, which is still a severe challenge in the 21st century. Rolls' own words tell the story. Had we known what we were in for, we would never have dreamed on taking on such a hill with the inferior brakes we had in those days. However, we started cautiously down the first and steepest part of the hill, which was almost like climbing down a precipice. The brakes had to be kept pretty hard on, and while we were still on the steepest part, I felt my handbrake lever suddenly yield and go up against the top. A feather key fractured, and that was the end of the side brakes. It left a miserable foot brake, which pressed so hard that the lever bent and the pedal sat on the floor. That settled it. Away went the car down this awful hill. I did not know the road. I didn't know what curbs there were and what might not be on the road. There was nothing to be done but to try and keep her on the road and trust her luck. The car kept accelerating and swerved terribly from side to side, and we came to the first corner. She literally jumped round this corner, dashing across the road from one side to the other, and then I hoped the hill was over. Not a bit. There was a long straight stretch ahead with a steady down incline. To add to the difficulties, we had a canopy, which made the car top heavy. We also had the front glass down. This, coupled with the darkness that was just coming on, made it extremely difficult to drive and see which way the corners went. While on we sped down this stretch, wondering if we would get round the next corner, suddenly we caught sight of a light, right bang ahead of us. I said to myself, now we're done for. We were swaying about in the road so much we could not possibly have got past a vehicle of any sort. We were gathering up speed, waiting for the crash, being by this time quite resigned to our fate, when I suddenly discerned another bend in the road, and the light, happily for us, turned out to be a house on the side of the road. We dashed round this corner somehow, and again came a gleam of hope that we might be saved, but still the road ran downhill and downhill, until it really became a sort of a nightmare. Not until two more stretches were covered, two more bad corners negotiated, did we find ourselves at last slowing up, and then it seemed to us miles before the car actually stopped. Such is the hopeless feeling of being in a car with absolutely no brakes of any kind. And when the car did actually come to a standstill, we felt a relief which is now quite impossible to describe. It was the narrowest escape of our lives. I still do not know how we got round those corners. The hill turned out to be a mile and three quarters in length, and the car literally jumped from one side of the road to the other all the time. I think it was the fearful swaying of the car that checked its speed to a considerable extent and enabled the turns to be negotiated, which otherwise could not possibly have been got round. Walking up the hill with a lantern afterwards to look for a bag which had been dropped, I noticed the very wide skid marks which the car had made, and sometimes went within a few inches of heaps of stones. There was a strong smell of burning when we stopped, and all the brake leather was burnt, so we adjusted them up as best we could and decided to put up in Gloucester for the night.